0: First chapter 13, beginning at verse number 30, I want to say that, as always, it is a privilege and a highly esteemed honor to stand behind this desk, and never do I take it lightly. And I give honor to the men of God that minister in this building, Brother Bradford, our pastor. I give honor to Brother Frost. What a wonderful message we heard this morning. Amen, amen. Thankful for the man of God whose labor is not in vain. Also, I give honor to those ministry on this platform, and those of you in the pews. It's just such a great church, fantastic church. I'm honored to be a part of it. I want to read to you, starting at verse 30 of Numbers chapter 13. Scripture says, And Caleb... Stealed the people before Moses and said let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it but the men that went up with him said we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we and they brought up an evil report of the land which had searched which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying the land through which we have gone to search it is a lamb that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that saw it, in it, are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so, we were in their sight. And for a few moments tonight, in this service, I want to preach from this title just for memory's sake. Apostolic Lawn Care. I'll say it again. Apostolic Lawn Care. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Savior, we love you. We thank you, God, for your many manifold blessings that are in the house tonight. Lord, I pray tonight as the preached word is delivered that you will anoint these lips of clay. Lord, and that you will open the ears of the hearer, the hearts of every saint in this house. Lord, and that we wouldn't only be hearers tonight of your word But diligently, Lord, as your word has instructed, we will be doers thereof. I praise you and give you the glory and thank you for this opportunity in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated tonight in the house of God. The scripture that I read to you this evening is coming from the book of Numbers, and it also can be found in Deuteronomy. And this is a part of the scripture that talks about the children of Israel who have now come out of the land of Egypt by great deliverance from the Lord God himself and they are being led into a land which the Lord thy God hath given them a land that floweth with milk and honey and he is taking his people out of many years of bondage from Egypt into a land where he is going to establish them to a land where He is going to bless them, to a land where He is going to make sure that His will and His covenant unfolds unto His called and chosen people. And so Moses had sent out some spies into this land. He sent out some valiant men to go and to look at this promised land that was going to be given unto them. And when they came back, the Scripture reads in Numbers, Chapter 13 That they returned from the land from searching after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation and the children of Israel, unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. They said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk. And honey. And this is the fruit of it. For they brought back a cluster of grapes that was suspended on one staff that two men had to carry. And they brought back from this land pomegranates and figs. They brought back a little taste of the promise. When God promises you something, you can rest assured that it will come to pass. My God is not a liar. He is not a man that he can lie. His word will be fulfilled, and you can trust in him. And these spies are bringing back the fruit of the land, saying, look at what we have brought back. Look at these promises. And right away, you could see the gleam in others' eyes as they look at the blessings that are being presented before them. But all of a sudden, there started some negativity occurring, some murmuring within these spies, some murmuring that caused a a lot, a lot of doubt. They said, we came from the land that you sent us. Nevertheless, the people are strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled, and they're very great, and moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites, the Canaanites. There is a lot of enemy in this land that you're promising us. And this is where we pick up our opening text. Where faithful Caleb, full of faith, says, But we can go and we can possess it. For we are well able... To overcome, he had a different perspective on the situation. He was not looking at the problem itself, but he was looking at the promises that God told them they were about to partake of. It's so easy to come to the house of God and only see the problems. It's so easy to walk through life and know that you're a called child of God, to know that he will never leave you or forsake you, and to not look at the promises of God. Hallelujah. But we have something very dear that has been given unto us, and it's a promise called the Holy Ghost. And we can stand rest assured that no matter what the battle is set before us, no matter what the temptation is, is that is against us, we are more than overcomers through the Holy Ghost, and if he brought us to it, he will see us through it. Are you thankful you have a God who cares for you in such manner? (laughs) Praise God. And so because of this negativity, because of all of the giants that were testified about in the walled cities, the congregation lifted up their voice and they cried. And they wept, and all the children of Israel, they murmured against Aaron and against Moses. And this is what they said Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us? to return into Egypt and they said one to another let us make a captain and let us go back to that pit that the Lord dug us from. Let us go back to that place of bondage. Let us go and become slaves once again. They were so easily swayed by the testimony of defeat that they were ready to put themselves back in darkness. They were ready to turn around turn tail and walk away and go back to the weak and beggarly elements of the world. Let me tell you something. It is not the will of God, Saint, for you to turn around and go back. He wants us to move forward. He only has better things ahead for us. He only has greater promises in front of us. We don't need to desire that pit that God dug us from. We don't need to desire the the, uh, addictions that God freed us from. There is liberty tonight in the house of God. I'm standing here as a witness to tell you there is freedom in the house of God. I'd rather have a thousand bad days in the house of God than to have one good day out in the world because at least I have God on my side and I know he's overlooking me. I know he's going to protect me. I know he's never going to fail me. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness Do you know God to ever fail you? No, sir. No, ma'am. He is always there with you. I'm thankful I know him. I'm thankful I'm a part of his kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to be a part of the will of God. This made the Lord very angry. And judgment was cast upon the children of Israel And the Lord said, how long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them, I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them. That's a powerful word, disinherit them. And will make of thee, Moses, greater nations and mightier than they. And so Moses repented before the Lord, And he asked God's mercy and said, if you do this, Lord, they're going to say, what good did, and I'm paraphrasing, what good was it then that you delivered them from Egypt? Now you took them out into the wilderness to destroy them. And so we know very well what God did unto these people. He said, well, here's the deal. Everybody, 20 years and up, you cannot enter into the promised land. And all these children of yours that you said were going to be prey at the hand of the enemy, they're going to be the ones that received the true blessing. And so for 40 years, they wandered in a desert place. And all of those spies, except for Caleb and Joshua, died of of a plague. And God honored those two men because of their faithful witness of God's promise. What the children of Israel saw were men of great stature, They saw walled cities. They saw giants. They saw men of great strength. They didn't see the land that flows with milk and honey. They didn't see the sustenance and the provision and the will of God that was set before them. They didn't see the land that God had called them out to be uh, inheritors of. They forgot about the miracles, signs, and wonders. That the Lord had just done in front of them in Egypt, including all of the plagues that he put on the Egyptians. Even the death of the firstborn and how the blood of an unblemished sacrifice saved them from the death angel. They forgot about all of that. And they saw that with their own eyes. They witnessed these experiences. They were there firsthand. They saw the Red Sea part as the hand of God moved them away from the enemies. They did not see the the, the men of great stature. They did not see all of these walled cities. Only a few of these spies did, but the rest of the 600,000 foot men and all of their wives and children not included, they didn't see it, yet they were willing to believe this This doubt and this fear, they were willing to say, that's enough. For me to turn around and go back and want to be in bondage, let me tell you, you better be careful what you listen to. You better be careful what kind of negativity is spread. You don't need to be around something that's tearing down the house of God. You don't need to be around something that's berating the house of God. But you need to be around the Joshuas and the Calebs that say, you know what, we have something worth fighting for. We have something worth inheriting. We have something worth living for. Let's go. Let's take Let's get the promises of God applied to our lives. They began to compare themselves to the Amalekites, to the Hittites, to the Jebusites, to the Amorites, to the Canaanites. They belittled themselves. They said, We're like puny grasshoppers. That's how we'll be in the enemy's hand. We'll be brittle, we'll be nothing, we'll be annihilated. It's a danger when you start comparing yourselves to other people. You find yourself in a world of doubt. Previously, three chapters before this, we find that in chapter 11, the children of Israel began to murmur, before this murmuring, about the food that God had given them, about the manna, about this provision that God had given them every morning when the dew came early in the morning. They were able to eat, And be sustained. And they said things like, back in Egypt, we did eat fish freely. We had cucumbers. And we had melons. And the leeks. And the onions. And the garlic. My, my, my. It's such a strange comparison to say. I'd rather go back and be hit with the whip several thousand times and make brick with my feet in the clay. And as long as I get my garlics and leek and onion, hey, that's worth it. That must have been some good food, let me tell you. But I don't know of any food that good that would want me to go back into bondage. As a matter of fact, I don't know anything that the world could provide me that would make me think in my head, you know what, it's better over there than it is in here. It's better out there living the party life than it is in here. It's better out there fornicating and doing drugs than it is in here. No sir, no ma'am, there's nothing like the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's not for sale because I bought it and I'm not going to sell it because it is the truth. And because it is the truth, it is going to set me free. And there's nothing more important in my life than being free in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm free from sin. I'm free from bondage. I'm free from the taskmaster. I have liberty tonight in the house of God. And you should be thankful that you have the same liberty. I'm testifying tonight in this good house. Oh, praise God. Let's clap our hands. Let's worship him. Things always look better from the wrong perspective. They say the grass is always greener on the other side. I was traveling south on Roberts Lane. Last week, coming to church, had my boys in the car. They probably hate daddy's lectures in the car. But I was driving over Roberts. I mean, I'm Chester. Chester, I'm sorry. Chester coming south here. Um in Oildale is going over the river, and uh, it's real interesting because in the hot summer there's a lot of dirt that has turned, uh, or a lot of grass that has turned brown because of the sun, and you get to the river though, which is flowing pretty good, and uh, everything around the river is green, the weeds are tall, the grass is tall, they're green, the trees are tall, we even got sailboats (laughs) coming down the river right here. And so it just brought to mind that the grass is not always greener on the other side. It's as they say, and you've heard, it's only greener where you water it. It's only greener where you take care of it and nurture it. I purchased, um, I thought I was going to do something really cool, and I had a gardener, and they were taking care of my front lawn, and they were doing a fantastic job but an amazing thought occurred to me that I have two boys and that I don't need to pay for a gardener. So I just need to buy a mower and a weed eater. Green Waste comes every Tuesday, so we're done. That's $40 in my pocket. So I went out and I bought me a brand new weed eater. Did a lot of research on which one I need for my type of yard. and I loaned my... Brand new uh, lawnmower to Brother C.J. Casey, and uh, he lives over um, off Cedar there, and Olive, I'm sorry, the other Olive by uh, Truxton, and the alley that separates Jake's Tex-Mex from his home is a very active alley, and one night someone broke into his garage from that alley and stole my lawnmower, so I asked him if he had one, and he did. He bought a brand new one after Vaughn got stolen. <laughs> so, uh, so, CJ, uh, can I borrow your lawnmower? He says, sure, man, but, you know, there's this piece. I, I think the girls threw it away when we were moving, and it's been setting outside in the rain. Sure enough, it was all seized up from rust, and it was no good. It was sitting on the side of his garage, and the rain had had got to it. So I went out, and I bought me a lawnmower, and I found it on uh, OfferUp. I still have it, and this was uh, only a few months back. And uh, the problem was, though, is just because you own those things, the grass doesn't mow itself. You have to put someone behind the lawnmower and start it, and, and so I had to show people how to do that, and uh, and then Holden was trying to, and he pulled the cord of my used lawn and it broke, the cord broke, so I had to fix all of that, and my heater is still in the box brand new in my garage, so I said, you know what, my grass, I don't want it to look bad, I'm in a nice neighborhood, so my wife went ahead ahead of me, and she got our gardener back, and the grass looks great. <laughs> The grass looks great. Thank you, babe. One of these days, my boys will learn how to use those machines. And such is life. It gets busy, but but you have to mow the grass in order for it to look good. You have to to take care of yourself. Otherwise, it's going to go by the way of the desert, and it's not going to look very good. Sometimes the grass is greener on the other side. Sometimes it is, but that's because the people over there have learned how to nurture the grass. And they've learned how to mow it. They've learned learned how to keep the weeds down. A lot of times people just jump ship and go over to the other side. And they realize there's a lot of work entailed in this. It was better where I was. I had grass in my yard. If I would have just taken care of it, if I would have just spent a little time nurturing it, if I would have spent a little bit of my own effort taking care of what God has blessed me with and be thankful for what I had, then my grass would be green too. I wouldn't have weeds growing up. I wouldn't have problems if I just would put a little effort and be thankful what the Lord thy God has given me. And that's the problem with the children of Israel. They saw things from the wrong perspective. They were seeing other lawns and they were seeing other lives and they began to get uh, hurt in their spirit and not realizing what God had already done for us. And sometimes the problem is, is we just need to be thankful. We need a revival of thankfulness. We need a revival of gratitude. There is a lot of lack of gratitude in the world today, but if you just stop and consider what you have, what God has given you, man, if you just nurture what God has blessed you with you'll see revival in your life you'll see things start to become greener in your lawn you'll see things flourish like never before if you just take care of what God has given you let me just go off on a a side note here they say if you want to take care of a lawn there's a few things you need to do the first thing that you need to do is aerate the soil And you've seen these gadgets people put on their feet, long three-inch spikes, and they walk all over their yard, and that doesn't look fun. They even have tools you can use that does that. But really what happens to the soil, and especially in a parched area and climate like we live in, is the soil gets hardened. It really does. It gets hard. And then if you're on your grass all day long or if you have animals that are walking back and forth or if you have kids that are always playing in the soil and you're not taking care of it, that soil will get hard. And so you need to go out and you need to aerate it. Very important. This takes a little bit of time, but... um, It causes the air to circulate better. It causes the water to drain a little better. It allows the nutrients to be absorbed a lot better. Hallelujah. We need to learn what it is. Like the Bible says in Hosea chapter 10 verse 12. To reap in mercy. To sow yourselves in righteousness. To break up the fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. There is some hearts in the, in the house of God that are easily hardened, but let me tell you, when you come to this place, there is such a thing called mercy and repentance and forgiveness, and that's how you break up the fallow ground of your heart. You let the man of God preach unto you. You let that soil break up, and when you do, you can allow forgiveness to soak in a little better. You can let the mercy of God absorb into your roots, and you can have freedom in the house of God. You just need to let God take take control and take out whatever is in you that is causing you to be bitter and hard and just somebody that is not willing to come to the house of God and praise and worship because of the hardships of life. Let me tell you, this is the best thing you can do. This is the remedy for hardship. This house is a place where you can come and let God take the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. We need to be receptive and the only way we could do that is to allow the Lord to break up the fallow ground of our heart the other thing you need to do if you want your grass greener you need to water your grass but not just sprinkle it and turn it off but you need what they call a deep watering depending on the climate that you're in the water needs to soak down and they said at least once a week experts advise that you allow an inch of water to soak down into the soil, deep into the ground. This causes the roots of the blades of the grass to grow deeper, to get to the water. And when the roots grow deeper and they're tapped in to a much more reliable source, then that grass will stay greener longer. It will stay greener even during droughts, Even during extremely hot weather, this green will occur because there is a good watering system, a daily method of keeping the grass watered. Hallelujah. And we have the same type of things in our life. That we need to do to help water us. It's a daily thing. It's not just something that happens once in a while. You just don't wait till the grass turns brown before you pull out the sprinklers, pull out the water hose. It's something that you do every day. It's something that we're supposed to do. It's called Christian living. It's called living holy. It's called praying every day. I'm thankful for a prayer gate that is going to be built on this property for an opportunity for us to come to the house of God anytime we want and water the grass that we're trying to keep green I'm thankful for the house of God that preaches the word of God consistently on a weekly basis that helps water the grass that helps keep me faithful that helps keeps me green and healthy hallelujah it's something that we need to develop we need to develop a healthy lifestyle of testifying unto others about the goodness of Jesus Christ because it isn't just about me but it's about how can I help somebody else find out about this amazing Savior named Jesus Christ. I need to keep my grass green. I need to keep watering the soil. I need to make sure that whenever somebody comes in contact with me, they don't see something dried up and brown and disgusting. Not the brown's a bad color. That was not a race joke. That was just a color of grass, okay? They don't want to see something dead. They want to see something alive and vibrant. Hallelujah. They want to see something that is full of the Holy Ghost. You gotta water the grass because the grass is only greener where you water it. Then you gotta fertilize your own lawn. You gotta make sure that there are healthy things put into the grass. If it's clay, if it's sandy soil, you gotta make sure that there's the proper fertilization. If there's something that can help reduce problems. With plant diseases, you gotta have the right fertilization, something that helps with erosion on the topsoil, something that helps the pH levels of the grass. You gotta have a proper fertilization. You gotta feed the grass what it needs to survive. You gotta make sure it's healthy and that it will survive the elements. You gotta make sure that you're giving it everything it needs according to the condition that it is living in. That's why the Word of God is so powerful. That's why we shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. When we come to the house of God... There is a word of God that goes forth, whether it be a word shot or song, whether it be in preaching. Somehow there is good nutrients being cast forth onto our lawn of this spiritual life, and we need to grasp a hold of it or we'll wither away. We'll become something unfruitful. We'll become of no use. We need the word of God in our life. I'm thankful for a church that stands upon the promises of the Lord, this Acts 238 message. I'm thankful for the fertilization of the word of God, the bread of life, something that sustains, something that keeps us and our feet from falling. Hallelujah. Put your hands together and worship the Lord. Another thing that they need to do is you need to cut your grass correctly. You can't just let it keep growing. You have to cut it. Sometimes you have to change the direction of the cut. Sometimes you have to keep it at the right height. You have to constantly strive to make sure that there is no... lacking in cutting the grass and and sometimes you have to listen to uh, a lot of uh, gardeners to tell you what you should do for the type of grass make sure you're cutting it the right way this is something that we get when we come to the house of god i don't mean cut in a bad way but there are times that when we need to trim down we need to we need to calm down we need to let the word of god dwell in our hearts richly we need to listen to the man of god we need to listen to the word of god we need to let the holy ghost guide us and taper us and keep us back from doing certain things. We can't just get so caught up in ourselves that we're only looking at ourselves, but we need to make sure that we're growing healthily and that we're growing right. And sometimes that's what we need is a little bit of pruning. They say that the orange trees, they cut them. They have these amazing um, trimmers that look like helicopters that go and trim the tops of those orange trees. And I've had an orange tree in my backyard, and, and it's gotten rather big. I had two of them at one time when I lived on Princeton Avenue, and uh, there's no way that you could eat all of the fruit on that orange tree. It produces so much that about half of the oranges go to waste, and then there are some that even can get mold because they're shrouded by all of the overgrowth that they didn't grow healthily even though there's some on the outer parts of the tree that taste sweet there may be some on the inside that rot rather fast and so there has to be a cutting a pruning there has to be a correct development for these trees to grow properly so that people can be fed and we have to make sure that we are always constantly repenting we're always making sure that we are living like God wants us to live hello Paul said he died daily he said He killed his flesh. He went to the Lord in prayer. And he asked God to work out anything in his life that was going astray. We need to do the same thing. We can't just let ourselves get out of hand. But we need the word of God applied to our lives daily. Hallelujah. I'm thankful to be a part of something that I'm proud of. I do not want to be like the children of Israel constantly murmuring, constantly complaining, constantly wanting something better, freely given to them. They weren't willing to work. They weren't willing to be thankful for what God had given them. I'm telling you, in this house, we are so blessed of a people. We are so blessed of a congregation. They say it often, and I believe them wholeheartedly, being blessed with the opportunity to go to other churches, to see other sanctuaries. Yeah, there's some sanctuaries that are massive and pretty, But I'll tell you, this is the best church, and this is where I choose to water. This is where I choose to fertilize the grass. This is where I choose to mow the lawn, hallelujah, because we have something great going in the house of God, hallelujah. We serve a mighty God. We have great leadership. We have great ministries in this house. We have a great field that we can go out and reach, and all we need to do is see it for ourselves. We need to believe it for ourselves, hallelujah. I was blessed last night. Brother Bradford was taking me across the property. And we went almost in every room of this church. We started here, everything that's going on in here, the prayer, bows, speaker system, and how that's going to be an opportunity for someone to come into this place. And there will be prayer music playing. Then we walked into the area of the Sunday school room, the staircase that goes up. And all of the beauty that is in there, all of the artwork that is on those walls. Somebody went in and labored, and it looks fantastic. If you just look at this building from one year ago, it has changed drastically. The landscape has changed. We have new concrete poured out in the front. And, and these are just material things, right? And we go upstairs, in the Sunday school, uh, each room is different. It's the Museum of God, I think, or something to the effect, the Museum of the Bible. And every room is decorated. One room the, on, on this end. Uh, Right behind the Sunday school office, there is all of these artifacts from King David, like his crown and his throne and the sword that he used to defeat Goliath. Just all of these improvements on the property. There's improvements in the gymnasium and in the kitchen. We have the Libby Center. We have something in the house of God to be proud of, and those are just material things. But the reason why we do that is because the harvest is plenteous. The harvest is ready to thrust in the sickle and pull in something that God is preparing. We're living in the last days, house of God. We're living in the final hour, and we need to be ready. We need to invest in what we have already. I'm not looking at where God took me from and say, man, I had it a lot easier over there, but I'm looking at this place, and I'm saying, oh, Lord, what else can you do? How else can I be better? How else can I serve you? How else can I help water the grass you've given me? Hallelujah. Somebody happy for the house of God this evening. <laughs> Praise God. I'm coming to a rapid close, and musicians may come. But what we really need in the house of God is a revival of thankfulness. The Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I try to always remember that verse in prayer. Because I never want to come to the place where I'm not thankful for all that God has done for me. Where I'm not thankful for what God has done for you. I see people in the pews tonight and automatically testimonies are remembered in my mind of where God had brought you from. And I never ever want to look at a world of sin and be jealous of where God has delivered you or me from. Thank God he had mercy on me. Thank God he delivered me from the hand of Pharaoh. Thank God he took me out of bondage, and he gave me an opportunity to serve him. And he took me into a land that is full of blessing. And we're not finished on this journey yet, because ultimately heaven is our gain. Thankful, I'm thankful to know that he has prepared a place for me, and I don't ever want to look back. I don't ever want that promise to be taken away from me. And so I want God to know, Lord, I'm very thankful. Maybe things didn't go my way tonight. Maybe everything didn't happen exactly the way I thought it would in this situation. But one thing is for sure, you're still by my side, and for that I'm grateful. And for that I'm giving you all the glory and all the honor, and I want to let you know that if I failed you, between you and me, I want to go to heaven, so take whatever it is from me that would keep me from that beautiful place and let me go to that place that you have created. Hallelujah. We have something. We have something. We have something to be thankful for. We have a great heritage. We have this blessed truth. In my field of surveying, I have found a lot of old monuments, and it's interesting because... You can never, ever take the old monument's position and discard it because where that monument sits, that is the position. No matter what new technology that has come and been derived with the new GPS and digital measuring, no matter what methods of measuring the land have been developed, aerial uh, drone flights are now measuring. Uh, With incredible accuracy. We fly drones all the time to get quantities of earth and materials and physical structure. But even though those things exist, you can never ever take away... The position of the old monument, no matter when it was set, the original monument cannot be moved. The original monument's position stands. You may not like where it stands, but it doesn't matter, your emotion, and it doesn't matter what you think. That is its position. The only thing that you can do in this generation to that monument is you have to preserve it. If maybe the point is eroded or if maybe the rock mound, you can't read the chiseling, you can preserve its position. But you can never move it from its position. You need to be thankful for some old paths that were established a long time ago. You need to be thankful for some old monuments that were set. As a matter of fact, if you put a monument in that position and you take the old monument, you still cannot remove the old monument, but you have to bury it underneath the new monument, underneath this position in case that position was removed, they can... Put pull it back and say, oh, this is indeed the original position because I see the original monument. Well, I need to be thankful tonight for this heritage. Hallelujah. As we stand together in the house of God, I want to know, is there anybody who's thankful for what God has done for you? Is there anybody in this house who is thankful where God has, uh, has brought you from? Hallelujah. Who am I talking to, to, who am I talking to tonight? I'm talking to those who have come to the house of God, and you're battling tonight, and you're weary, and you've been wandering for some time, and I know you're in here. And you thought, you know what? This isn't going according to plan A. My family life isn't like it was supposed to be. These are not the promises that God has given me yet. I, I don't see them yet. The influences around me, they're, they're too much. I don't know if, if this is the right thing. I think it was better not coming to church. You start comparing, you have questions, and you have doubts. Some weeds growing in your yard, and you're looking on the other side of the fence, you're thinking, Wow, they sure haven't made over there. The grass looks greener over there. I don't know, God, what you're trying to do, but really I think plan B is a lot better. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna turn, I'm gonna go away, I'm gonna go my own path. I'd rather be in bondage. I'd I'd rather just throw my hands up in the air and give in to the enemy. I tell you, there's still grass in your yard. All you need to do is say, you know what? Look what God has given me. Look at everything that God has blessed me with. Look at my family I do have. Look at my marriage I have. and Look at everything that you brought me from. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody tonight? It's real easy to walk away and just call this a pretty sermon. But really, God is reaching for somebody in this house who has battled and who has struggled and who's weary of the hot sand, who is weary of the same old, same old. And God's just telling you, if you trust me a little bit longer, if you follow me a little bit longer, I will give you the promise. I will show you that my ways are better than your ways. I'll show you that my plan is better for you. Hallelujah. All it takes tonight is a heart of gratitude. All it takes is somebody saying, I'm going to step out of the aisle. I'm going to step into the aisle, out of the pews for where I'm sitting. And I'm going to tell you, God, I am thankful for everything that you have done. Yeah, there's a lot I can complain about. It's hot outside. Oh, the stress on, at, at the job. Oh, people aren't treating me the way I sh- I think they should treat me. But, God, I just want to let you know that you've never forsaken me. Come on, as they begin to sing, just for one last moment in eternity, if you could step out into the aisle up front in these altars, I think it would be yes. appropriate. Nothing Let's have a revival of thankfulness. Let's have a revival of gratitude. Let's have a revival of across, taking care of our own Lord. Hallelujah, God. I'm going to water this lawn tonight. I'm going to make There's sure that I take care life. of what you have given me. Hallelujah. There's nothing like being free. There's nothing like being free. We praise life. you, God. We give you glory. Hallelujah. Free. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. Let's pray tonight in the house There's of God. The Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, for everything you've done. I'm thankful for your tender mercies. I'm thankful for your blessings, God. Oh, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Be I free. love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's freedom in the house of God. There's hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. If you know Be someone free. that's struggling, why don't you pray for them? If they're not here, why don't you vocalize There's their name the and pray? my brother. God, touch my sister. Move on their soul tonight. You are able to keep them from falling. Hallelujah! 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 hallelujah. The Lord is working in this place. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah! Yes, His I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah! I love you,